Hello, and welcome to the Engineers Collective, the podcast by New Civil Engineer. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your colleagues. It's free to download on all podcast sites, or you can listen at newcivilengineer.com forward slash podcast. The Engineers Collective is powered by Bentley Systems. Around the world, engineers and architects, constructors and owner-operators are using Bentley software solutions to accelerate project delivery and improve asset performance for the infrastructure that sustains our economy and our environment. Together, we are Advancing Infrastructure. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Engineers Collective. I'm your host Nadine Badu and joining me today is Dublin City Council leader Jamie Cudden. Today we'll be looking at smart cities, digital twins and a bunch of other clever innovations that are transforming the way we interact with and plan our cities. Jamie established the Smart Dublin Regional Initiative in 2015 and has successfully implemented a large-scale challenge-based innovation programme, working with over 40 companies tackling areas such as last mile delivery, smart mobility hubs and flood monitoring. He has delivered successful collaborations with companies such as Google, SoftBank, Microsoft, Mastercard, IBM and Intel, to name just a few. He is extremely passionate about the adoption of emerging tech trends that can be applied to create better outcomes for residents, as well as new economic opportunities for cities. So without further ado, Jamie Cudden, welcome to the Engineers Collective. Hi Nadine, how are you? Uh, Great, yeah, it's uh, great to be here today. Delighted to be joining you on the podcast. Good. So I'm looking forward to hearing about some of those great innovations that you've put in place in Dublin. But before we get to that, can we rewind the clock just a little bit and look at how Dublin came to be a front runner in smart city technology? Okay, great. Yeah, that was about uh, five or six years ago. um, We established our smart city programme. And I think it was really trying to leverage the opportunity of, of, of all these new and emerging technologies in areas such as Internet of Things, big data, um, you know, artificial intelligence, uh, 5G, future connectivity, all these kind of emerging technologies and, and looking at how we could take the opportunity to deliver better services, better outcomes for citizens and new economic opportunities for the city. And from a city perspective, you know, we were conscious that like, there's lots of challenges that we're trying to address in the city, everything from congestion to how we manage extreme weather events to sustainability, climate action. And on our doorstep was, you know, as you heard there in the introduction, like world-leading technology companies, some of the biggest, you know, innovation teams uh, across um, academia and research, amazing startups, and you know, it was thinking about how could we, you know, align some of the challenges we face with the opportunities of technology and working in a collaborative way to address these uh, big issues and actually test and pilot and demonstrate the application of technology using the city as, as a test bed and, and from there we've really grown quite a successful uh, program in, in Dublin and uh, really trying to inspire people about what the future can look like and, uh, and getting you know, real projects on the ground and it's quite uh, quite an exciting program to be part of to be honest. So in terms of kind of buy-in from your peers at, at Dublin Council how easy or difficult was that? Because uh, I mean I think it's fair to say that local authorities kind of have that reputation of being quite slow when it comes to uptake of new technology so how difficult was, was that? Yeah I mean it's never easy I mean I suppose you know local authorities and government have a reputation of being maybe slow and unresponsive and, and conservative I think you know the, the the cities and and the you know the cities that really address and embrace these opportunities. It tends to be led by you know the the, the mayor or the chief executive. Having that high level uh, buy-in is really important. And for us, 
our chief executive uh, of Dublin City Council was a real sponsor. Um, and that really, you know, enabled us to go out there with, the, I suppose, with a really strong kind of remit to kind of say, well, the city's open to do things differently, to try new ideas and to bring the right partners uh, together. And, and really for a lot of the external companies, it's about being able to test, you know, on the streets, use and, and experiment with the infrastructure. But really, more importantly, is to understand what are the big uh, challenges and, and, and barriers that you know, people face working within these areas in the city council. So if you connect those pieces, um, it can really inspire people to change their mindset and change the culture within the organization. And while we've come a long way uh, the last uh, the last number of years, there's still, still a long way to go. I and mean, we haven't quite cracked it to get the scale where we'd like to be, but it's a journey, I think, and it's a really interesting journey. And I think, you know, you're bringing people, champions, you know, people who really want to get involved in this internally, and then hopefully you convert the rest to thinking about this is the way that we should do business uh, as, as the norm as opposed to the exception. And so can you run us through some of those kind of real case solutions that are already in place and explain how they're helping you to run the city? Yeah, I think you know th- th- this is the, the, the great bit in terms of what, what, what we're doing in, in Dublin is kind of real deployments, real examples of the technology in action. And you know, I think sometimes people find it frustrating when you read all these strategies and five, ten year plans about what you could do and where the technology might lead you to, and the fact that other cities around the world are doing it. What we've been very proactive about doing in Dublin is, is actually getting the technology deployed on the street, you know, experimenting, understanding what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, you get inspired quite quickly when you look at the, the potential of, you know, say, Internet of Things um, and things like low power, you know, connectivity networks, where all of a sudden you can actually put sensors out that detect, you know, rainfall in real time, but do it in a way that, you know, the sensors are low cost, the connectivity is low cost, it's small bits of data, and all of a sudden you can put hundreds of these sensors out instead of, you know, a couple at the same cost, and then the data you get back is really rich, and you're almost measuring like hyperlocal uh, rainfall and river levels, and, you know, those type of projects really inspire people because they never really thought of how you could do this stuff at scale, um, and that, that's kind of a, a great example, so, you know, I suppose, detecting uh, the, the, the data quicker, you know, responding faster and hopefully mitigating, you know, some of the, I suppose, the, the, the challenges that we face with extreme weather and climate action. That's an example of, of one project. Another one is just simple, you know, looking at uh, waste management. And, and when we start putting sensors in our bins and, and, and the bins that we've invested in in Dublin are, are solar compactors where we have, I think, about 400 of these bins and you know they compact the waste down by eight times so you use a lot less bags uh, you also can optimize the collection routines to reduce i suppose emissions from vehicles and congestion but also you know the, the sensor tells you when it's when it's full and you've got power in these bins so you can deploy other sensors to understand how people use the bins you know and you can optimize them where your bins are in the city so very practical examples of how far the technology uh, has come and another great example and one we're working on at the moment with with a whole range of smaller innovative startups in the technology space is life boys and uh, i suppose along rivers and water bodies you know the life boys provide a very important you know safety mechanism in terms of if someone's in the water throw it in um, and, and hopefully prevent a drowning incident but unfortunately a lot of these life boys are actually stolen or you know thrown into the river and you know we have to replace them so the idea is like a small bit of 
technology can detect when these are moved and you know with low power internet of things connectivity all of a sudden you can roll out these solutions at scale at very low cost as a, as a kind of a data service or something like that you know so we're kind of always innovating looking at how we can solve problems and how we can deliver these better outcomes and create safer cities you know more attractive cities and they're just a range of examples but hopefully when people start seeing these examples mature and scale it inspires people to think about well actually i could do that in the area that i work and you know i can use this type of technology to you know deliver a better service or deliver a better outcome so just going back to tracking the flow of people that you mentioned do you think that covid has made that even more important for local authorities and city planners to know and to have that data yeah absolutely i mean we, we all know covid has changed the way the, the way we do everything um overnight almost um you know, we, we move from a world of where we're working in our offices to working remotely at, at home. And if you think about the impact for cities, it's changed dramatically how we interact with our cities um, and, and actually understanding from a city planning perspective what the future of cities look like. You need to understand, you know, I suppose how people engage and interact with their cities, how they interact with spaces. Um, and, and I think, you know, what we saw before suppose COVID-19 is that a lot of these internet of things and these new opportunities to understand you know how how people you know interact and engage with their city all of a sudden we need to know that more than ever because it has an impact in terms of business has an impact on the economy has an impact in terms of how we plan public space how we plan infrastructure you know the the idea that you know maybe we need to encourage more people to, to cycle and walk um in in our cities you know we need to be able to measure the impact of these investments. And I, I think COVID-19 has kind of changed the narrative in terms of how we how we use data uh, to understand, you know, the, 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 these type of interactions, uh, but also not just public spaces, how we use buildings. Um, you know, there's lots of restrictions in terms of the number of people we can have in buildings. So the whole prop tech sector in terms of under, understanding that interaction in buildings, amount of people in spaces um, is really driving a lot of interesting uh, use, case, uh, use cases uh, within the sector. So yeah, COVID-19 has definitely uh, changed how we, how we do things. And, and other examples, and, and a very exciting project that we have uh, in progress with Bentley and Microsoft is looking at the whole area of, of how cities use digital twins or 3D models. And, and one area we're particularly interested in is looking at, well, you know, if we can't have access to the typical you know, physical town hall space or physical meetings to interact with citizens in terms of the future of, of future plans for their cities or developments in their local area. How can we use the you know, digital twins or 3D models where people can, you know, from their home or from their mobile devices, you know, interact and understand what these new developments look like, engage through online platforms, give their feedback and actually have a real different narrative and, and conversation with the city uh, in terms of um, in terms of planning applications and, and these type of topics, so yeah, it's it it certainly um, changed that uh, narrative and that scope uh, dramatically. And I think um, you know a lot of cities are starting to rethink how to engage with citizens and develop new digital services to allow that to be much more uh, successful. And so, in the, in terms of city planning and and all of these types of technology, how can they be implemented in a, in a city? It, does it require that a quite quite a culture shift, I guess? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you've got your early adopters, um, and then you've got people who follow. So, you know, 
as I kind of mentioned earlier, it's kind of, you know, demonstrating the potential of the technology. And what we tend to do is, is pick smaller, you know, I, I suppose smaller projects or you pick a district in your city where you can apply something new, get the feedback, make sure you're designing it well, and then look at how you might scale it. Because, you know, cities are big, messy, complex uh, places. And, you know, trying to, you know, solve all the problems of a city in one go are very challenging. So if you pick like a, a topic like the future planning or use of digital twins, you know, pick a district uh, where you can do it in a manageable way and then, you know, find your champions within your planning department and local communities who have a passion to get involved in this type of thing. So bite-sized chunks and, you know, that definitely helps build momentum and changes mindsets, which helps change culture, etc. You know what I mean? So that's definitely uh, the approach that we're taking, but it's not without its challenges because a lot of people want to, to say, well, we've always done it a certain way. Why would we want to change? So, you know, you're up against that, but you have to be persuasive and you have to uh, demonstrate the benefits at all time, you know. And just in, in terms of some of these ideas, how do they come about? Do you kind of as a city say, right, we want X or Y solution? Or do you have tech firms come and, and approach you with these ideas? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question, because one of the big criticisms of uh, the whole smart city movement is that it's all it's led by technologists, to, you know, pushing technology platforms and proprietary systems and you know no one really gets you know what the value is but but you need to turn it on its head and you know we know that there's all these new opportunities with with, with technology as, as we described earlier but really you need to start aligning that with well how does it actually solve some of the big challenges that cities face so a core kind of platform uh, from our smart city program and i think some of the more successful ones globally is actually just think about well what are the the problems you're trying to solve in your city and, and then use those problems to engage the market um, in, in kind of, you know, understanding the problem, but then rather than specifying, well, I want a bit of technology that does X, Y, and Z, you're actually saying, well, actually, here's the problem. You pitch back to me how your solution can address that problem as opposed to like very specific, you know, technical specifications and it has to do this or that or, or whatever. So. What we've done over the last um, five years is, is take a lot of those challenges and I'll give you an example. You know, one of the challenges was looking at, well, how can we scale up cycling uh, in the city? And we know that bicycle theft is a problem in a lot of cities. We know that a lot of cities don't have access to good data about, you know, where people cycle, where the infrastructure might need uh, improvements. And, and we also know like maybe we can engage better uh, with the cycling community as well. So. You know, if I was to go to a traditional tender, I, I wouldn't know where to start. Am I looking for a smart bike lock? Am I looking for a, an app? Or am I looking for sensors that monitor, you know, the, the, the quality of the road surface? I, I don't really know. And how would I specify that? What type of technology? I just don't know. Um, and if I went down one direction, I could completely miss a bigger opportunity. So by putting out these challenges, we were able to, you know, get some of the best and brightest you know, companies locally and internationally to say, hey, you know, we have an idea, we'd love to work with you and test that. We've a little bit of funding to make this happen from a city perspective, and, and we can learn a lot in that process. And one of the, the projects was a smart bike light with a great company called C-Sense based in Northern Ireland, which has artificial intelligence, machine learning, but it actually catches the routes that you travel on a bike, but also the, the road surface quality, so the vibrations, and that's transmitted back to your phone. And with big data, you can then start looking at where the problems are uh, with potholes and you know the routes that are more popular and uh, we had a thousand cyclists in Dublin 
you know, with these bike rides, sharing this data, being part of a community, and you know, then that data is used to help drive a better city, make better decisions uh, for the future of cycling. So it's kind of exciting. You know, we have a whole a whole load of those type of projects that we put out to the market on future logistics, you know, smart mobility hubs, how we engage better with citizens. So over 40 companies you know, innovating with the city, deploying and testing new solutions and creating new jobs, new opportunities, and for the city inspiring us in terms of what the potential is. So it's, it's a great, great, great way to do to do it. And I think challenge-based challenge, challenge based, you know, procurement or market engagement is definitely uh, the way to go for a lot of complex challenges that city faces. And just in, in terms of, I, I imagine it must be also quite challenging, as you, you mentioned, obviously, putting out some of these challenges to, to the market and, and all of these wonderful ideas being submitted. But there must be times when there's an idea or an innovation that just doesn't work. So at what point do you say, actually, we're, this, this isn't working, let's scratch that and move to the next thing? How easy is it to have that level of agility? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a, great, it's a great question. And, you know, we do a lot of work with cities around the world. And I love it. In Amsterdam, you know, they, they have a very successful smart city initiative. Um, they, they call it the innovation graveyard. And um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, you know, we, we, we have a, you know, we, we have our whole list of projects that, you know, don't proceed for lots of different reasons. And, and, and what's really important is, um, is first, yeah, you stop the project when, you know, at the right time, don't let it drag on forever. But, but it's interesting, I mean, right. why do projects why do projects fail? There's a whole variety of reasons. Sometimes the technology is the perfect technology, but you mightn't have got the right buy-in from the from the business owners. Um, it could be the business model, you know, the cost of the implementation just doesn't make sense. It could be issues with you know data privacy or you know does it really generate a benefit for for, for the citizen? So you're you're trying to kind of align all these different aspects to, to get the perfect outcome for a project and, and unfortunately you never it's never that easy to get them all aligned it could be the technology just hasn't matured enough um, and, and I think what's interesting is just because it's failed and, and this is something that you know we've learned from other cities you know you should always revisit those projects because what why it failed a year ago um, you know it, it, it may not fail or based on the same you know where, where we are now in the world you know it could be the the cost has dropped, you know, it's more scalable. But even if you think about COVID, you know, a year ago, a lot of these interesting projects in prop tech and, and, and IoT and data analytics, you know, may have not made sense, you know, before March this year, all of a sudden, they're like, absolutely the projects we need to be doing. And people realize the benefit of having real time, uh, actionable data for their city. So it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's an interesting piece so you learn a lot from the failure but also make sure that you just um, keep revisiting the reasons you know the, the projects and the opportunities and don't just kill something and say it will never work again because that, that's the worst mindset i tried that five years ago it didn't work again hey technology changed the business models changed the opportunities changed don't don't embed that in your mindset you know Absolutely. I mean, that brings me nicely onto my next question in terms of obviously a lot of this technology moves very, very quickly. So if you look back, say, kind of three or five years ago to where we are now, what would you say would be some of the biggest differences that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's remarkable what's happened in the last, even the last three or five years. It's just um, the pace of change in technology just, just blows me away the whole time in terms of, you know, even when we talked about Internet things at the start and smart cities, it was probably a lot of the bigger tech companies. It was an exclusive 
remit of, of these massive companies producing platforms that will cost you know so much money that only big cities could ever buy them. Look at where we are now. You've got like, you know, it's so much more democratized. You know, a, a startup can take a Arduino board and connect it up to a low power uh, network and, 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 and monitor something environmental. Let's say rainfall or it could be temperature or it could be whatever. But that sensor can be up, connected to the cloud, providing real-time data, and you can stick it up somewhere with a little waterproof box on it, and all of a sudden you have a service. And, and that's just like across the board, you know, that's just unbelievable. That stuff wasn't possible. And, and you can leave that up for years because it just needs a battery to connect. And these new networks that communicate this, you know, can, can work for years. It's, it's just uh, remarkable. And I also kind of uh, think that, you know, one of the challenges is explaining to engineers and the more traditional sectors is like, guys, you know, the world has changed a lot, even in the last five years. And what you knew, you, you, you knew five years ago, forget about all that. It's just completely different now. And, you know, how we integrate that type of idea into connected infrastructure is, is the way, is the type of thing we need to be thinking about uh, for the future. And, and another area I was, I was thinking is fascinating. You know, who would have thought like a scooter or a bike, you know, could be delivered as this service that would be so scalable around the world by putting a little bit of GPS, linking it to an app, and all of a sudden your companies in the space of three three or four years worth billions of dollars, and I'm thinking of e-scooters and things like that. So, you know, this is not the remit of big government, big business. This Anyone can do this, and, and that's probably the most exciting thing is that scalable piece, but it's, it's anyone and creates huge opportunities for startups and entrepreneurs to just disrupt the world in a good way. Absolutely. It's such an exciting time. I mean, it sounds that Dublin has already got a lot of smart solutions already in place and I'm sure many other cities will be looking in, in envy. But if you, how easy do you think it would be to transfer some of these solutions to another city? And I mean, you've touched on this already, but what would be the, the headline advice that you would offer to city leaders who are perhaps just beginning on their digital journey? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's the, the lots of... The... Advice. And some people say, oh, you're, you're Dublin, you've got all the tech companies, you know, it's easy for you. What about me? I'm a small city. I don't have anything that you have. I mean, th- there's an element of, of truth there, but the, the, the one, there's a couple of key ingredients that, you know, I find, you know, anyone can do. Firstly, you know, y- you need to, you know, get your high level buy-in and, uh, you know, whether you're a mayor or your chief executive, you know, get them bought into the, the possibilities. But the other thing is, you know, just don't, focus on trying to change everything in one go and write a big strategy, spend two years at it and, you know, people just get bored of that stuff. Focus on finding out what's already happening, you know, finding who the champions are that, you know, are passionate about this and get, make sure you kind of pick the right projects in a, in a small manageable slice that you can actually, even if you're just putting out one sensor or a couple of sensors or picking a small area in your city, just, just get something that's tangible, that's real, and, and then you kind of build momentum. And, and also you'll probably find that there's a lot more happening that you ever imagined. So it's about telling the story. And one thing we've learned actually with cities that are really excelling globally in, in this space, they tell a great story and that story then helps inspire others. And then that changes culture. And I think that's really important to, to kind of be the person who's kind of driving that and trying to kind of pull it together and bring people together. And it's not, don't think internal. It's about bringing together industry, other other startups, uh, academia, and others, and and you know collectively 
trying to work together to solve some of these big city challenges. That, that's, that's the advice I'd give anyway. And if, if you get that going to start with, you'd be surprised at how much momentum you can build. And just in terms of the people of Dublin, I mean, it sounds like they fully embrace the smart city concept, but how do you kind of tackle issues around kind of it being ethical when you're storing and capturing so much data? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for sure, like, you know, it, it's a very tech savvy city, but like, you know, there, there's people who, who love the technology and the opportunity and they like to see the, it used in a, in a very positive way. Um, equally, there's a lot of people who, you know, very cautious about these technologies and very distrustful of of government and you know I, I don't want them collecting this data about me and what will they do with it so it, it's really it comes back to kind of building trust um, and and also being very clear about when you have these projects or when you're collecting this data being open and transparent about why you're doing it what the benefit is of this data and making better decisions and maybe addressing you know aspects of climate action or whatever you need to be you know really always thinking about how you tell that story and making sure you take on board, you know, feedback and engagement with communities and citizens is absolutely at the heart of this, you know. So it's it's a it's never you're never gonna have hundred percent, you know, support in what you do, but it's it's about kind of working as much as you can, thinking about that user perspective, the the citizen perspective, and designing that into your program that you're I suppose picking the right projects that can have the best impact for them. And, and just finally, before we sign off, can you tell me a bit about some of the innovations that might be in the pipeline or perhaps just in their infancy that you're hoping to roll out onto Dublin streets over the next few years? Yeah, and I think, you know, I can answer this two ways. You know, if I was a nerd on the technology, I'd be thinking about, oh, we'll have drones everywhere, autonomous cars, <laughs> you know, it'll be just, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, this crazy future. But no, that's not the, that's definitely not the, the future I'm kind of uh, uh, proposing. In fact, actually, I think it's more fundamental, and I think COVID-19 has kind of uh, really got us thinking about the importance of digital infrastructure, you know, um, connectivity. If you're not in your office, you need perfect connectivity working from home. There's lots of areas that unfortunately aren't as connected as other areas in our city, so digital divide uh, is, is really important. So the connected city infrastructure is, is just like at the heart of what we do, and I think with 5G, I get really excited about you know, what the next wave of connectivity will do. If you think about what 5G has done for us, what the next wave of connectivity will do in terms of opportunity, innovation, you know, new services. And I think that's going to be a, a massive enabler. But but for me, you know, I think the most important thing is that, forget about the technology, you know, the data that we're getting back from these projects, how can we use that in a way that helps us make better decisions, help us address some of the big challenges in our cities like climate action, and for me, it's like, you know, that's the sweet spot in terms of it has to do something that's useful and has to do something that creates a better, more livable city at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of exciting innovations on the horizon and I'm sure a lot of cities will be taking note and watching what Dublin does next. But thank you so much for joining us, Jamie. It's been great. That's great. Lovely to talk. And uh, I'm sure we could have talked for a lot longer, but it's uh, it's great to uh, to see what the opportunities look like and, uh, and hopefully, you know, inspire other cities to... Uh, to embrace this opportunity as well. Absolutely. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you in association with Bentley Systems. With digital technology changing the way the world lives, it's time to apply digital technology on infrastructure projects to close the productivity gap with other industries. Bentley invites you to gauge your organization's progress by taking one of our going digital assessments. 
Work with a partner you can trust and accelerate your pace of possible by going digital with Bentley at bentley.com forward slash going hyphen digital hyphen rail.